Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Welcome, guys. Hello, my friends. Hello. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. Just ringing yawn in here with some Neil Diamond. I love him. I was just listening to him on my record player. I just picked up that record last week. So good. Records. It just reminds me of the old times and tape decks and how life used to be without the so much electronic, so much is taking over and it's just nuts. I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, I hope that you guys are all doing well and fantastic and enjoying your week. Tonight, we are going to talk about emotional addiction and how it comes about and how we can break this addiction. It is more common than we think. But before we get into that, I just wanted to cover a couple of things really quickly. Well, one thing, and then I want to tell you a quick funny story (laughs) because you know me, okay, for the listeners that are here that are consistent, and I thank you. Um, Yeah, first, I want to say that if you want to leave any kind of feedback about the podcast or you have questions, concerns, or even a topic idea, I always would tell you guys, you can email me at consciouswisdomhealing at gmail.com. But I just added a really cool feature to my website, which is consciouswisdomhealing.com. And you can actually go over there and leave a voice message. (laughs) It's the coolest thing. If you guys have a website or a podcast or whatever, this is a really cool feature to to add on to your page. But you don't even need to put an email or a name. You can record the message. If you don't like it, you can delete it and re-record before you send it. So it's a really cool feature. And this is just a great way to to hear from you guys and it's just nice to have a voice attached to it. Now, I put that there because in the future, I want to get you guys more involved in some of my podcasts. So that's kind of why I added the feature. But yeah, I'm, I'm open for suggestions or even if you disagree with some of the things that I say, you know, I'm open to hearing whatever you have to say. Just keep it, you know, respectable. And um, yeah, so and I'll definitely message you back. Okay. So you can go over to ConsciousWisdomHealing.com and it'll be over there. It'll pop right up. Now, I want to share this crazy freaking story with you. Now, some of you guys, depending on where you're listening from, because I have listeners in the United States here, so I don't know who's heard it or not, but about the man who was gulped up by the... (laughs) 
Did you hear about the man that was gulped up by the humpback whale? What is that? (laughs) This is a true story. I believe that it's a true story. There's a little controversy saying that it's fake news, but I really believe that it's true. I really do believe it. He was an experienced diver and he's about 56 years old. And he was diving in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm really going to feel like an ass if this ends up becoming <laughs> fake news, by the way. But I'll be okay. It's okay. In my heart and soul, I believe this guy is, this is the truth. So he was diving and he was heading down to the ocean floor to get some lobsters. And all of a sudden, I guess he felt something and he was surrounded by darkness and he didn't have a clue of what the hell just happened. I think he he said he thought he felt like he was just maybe in a shark's mouth, like a shark came along and, you know, is about to chomp him up. He figured he's going to die there, you know, when you're having these thoughts. And then all of a sudden, I guess he felt around or he looked around. He's a very experienced diver, and I guess this is how he survived it because he is so experienced that I guess he figured out he was in a whale's mouth. And the whale, I guess, ended up shooting out of the water and like splashing its head back and forth and ended up spitting the guy out, whether he meant to or not. You know, he probably didn't realize he was even in there. But yeah, this freaking humpback whale how crazy is this story? <laughs> Could you imagine having that story to tell your your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren? Yes, kids, I was gulped up by a humpback whale. <laughs> That's insanity. This is why, kids, I don't go into the ocean, okay? <laughs> I think that there's things in there that we aren't even aware that live in that place, okay? There is there is its own universe of creatures down there that we're not even close to knowing, I feel. And it's scary, and I love the ocean. But, yeah, there's something about it that kind of freaks me out at the same time. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Let me know what your thoughts are on it. If you think it's a bunch of bullcrap or you think it's real. But like I said, I think it's real. All right, guys. So let's get started in tonight's episode. I hope that I make it through okay with my voice because I'm feeling a little bit of a sore throat coming on. So we'll see what happens. So emotional addiction. This is real, just like any other addiction. We can become addicted to, you know, just like a substance or a behavior. And this is honestly, I feel like one of the main reasons that we become stuck and we can't move on from the past. We end up getting addicted to this emotion or this feeling. And when we develop a negative addiction dependency, we usually base it off of three main emotions. And these three main emotions are fear, anger, and sadness. It is actually said that 85% of the population is addicted 
to negative emotions. And this does not at all surprise me because there's a lot of miserable, sad, angry people in this world. 18.8 million people in the U.S. alone suffer from a depressive disorder. And I do want to add that chronic depression is very, very real. The brain chemistry can be altered if it is left untreated, which can really leave someone in a destructive, debilitating state. So if this is something that we're not taking care of, it, it can really do a lot of damage. So what happens is when we experience negative emotions in our life, for example, if someone did something to you or someone said something to you to make us feel sad, it diminishes our self-esteem. And from there, we form this habit to accumulate evidence to reinforce whatever we decided we were feeling in that moment. So we become reliant on certain emotions that we're used to feeling for all or part of our life in order to cope with negative events. We end up replaying the same relentless patterns of painful feelings and reactions. We'll end up attracting situations and people that will strengthen and compound our emotions to stress. What happens is most of our long-term memories are created from a highly emotional state. So it's something that really got us um, emotional. And this can be good, you know, a happy emotion or a sad emotion, but these are the memories that we remember how we felt on an emotional level. And in this moment of say this traumatic event, the brain will take a snapshot. It will freeze that image and embed that pattern neurologically into the brain. We then memorize these emotions. They become part of our body. And we replay this event over and over again, feeling the emotion in the body, which is how we end up becoming addicted to this emotion. Research shows that about 50% of what we talk about from the past isn't even the truth. We often will add our own ingredients or make our own assumptions of certain situations from the past and people end up just reliving something that really didn't even happen just to reaffirm that they can't change, that this happened to them, that it made them feel this way. And sadly, it's really difficult for a person who is addicted to pain to see this pattern. It's just like a drug addict or an alcoholic that they don't see that they have a problem. On a physical level, the addiction is not really to the pain, but primarily to the free-flowing endorphins that accompany the pain. Endorphins are a hormone-like substance that the body releases whenever there's pain or injury. Endorphins are painkillers. When endorphin flooding is part of our everyday life, the senses are actually deadened. With sustained endorphin release, you can still feel emotions, but only if they are intense, such as anger, rage, sorrow, or fear. These trigger further endorphin release, which can lead to further emotional numbing. And once you become used to living an endorphin-filled existence, it's hard to give it up. 
with so much pain-killing substance running through your body today, there's a sense of security that makes you feel safer in the world. It's a shield inside the body that protects you from subtle feelings that are more difficult to block, like tenderness, vulnerability, and love. So it's sad because these states of emotions and this addiction become a crutch. You know, past events and past experiences shape our perception. And we're not seeing it from the highest, greatest perspective, but only from the perspective of what we've experienced. So this can make us lose out on some really great experiences. Love and pain are so frequently associated that they become one of the same. And you'll know this when you become intertwined with falling in love or being in love with, say, an unavailable person or staying in intolerable or toxic relationships. This is so common in today's world. When we're in a constant state of maybe anger or fearing the worst all the time or just sadness and depression, this ends up becoming a personality trait. To a pain addict, life without pain is completely unfamiliar, just like someone not having that drug You know, there becomes that frightening void that needs to be filled when pain is no longer dominant. We must learn to replace this stress with relaxation, with supportive relationships, with self-nurturing. Breaking this addiction to our emotions can take some time. It actually takes about six months to allow the system to function without the need of constant pain. But it's not difficult. Each step is bringing you closer to, you know, a more happy, colorful, joyful world rather than a gray, dull world. Now, I feel like people find a reason to become depressed, right? There might be good things taking place, but they'll still look for reasons to become depressed. They'll look for the negatives. And many will choose to stay in this type of negative cycle, this negative addiction, and will have very little motivation to overcome it from what I've experienced. As much as you want to try and help people, they just want to stay there. It's their comfort, right? This is what we're talking about. It's an addiction. And those who develop, you know, an addiction to sadness often abdicate responsibility for creating a different reality because benefits for you know staying in sadness sometimes they just feel sorry for themselves they get sympathy from others they get to be victims they get to avoid responsibility for you know turning situations around they get to make others maybe wrong about something and i'm not judging anyone here i was in a state of victimhood for a couple years of my life feeling sorry for myself, not taking responsibility for my own emotions, for my own part. And that's when I finally rose up from that. That's when I finally saw me having to make that decision to change that. I was in charge of my own life, but yet I was giving my power away to that situation. And to be honest, pain makes us 
desperate when we're living in a constant state of pain it makes us desperate it does not make us strong you know we must learn to overcome this and again i'm not here to judge i understand stuff happens in life but it's up to us so what is the best solution for breaking this addiction and honestly to heal any kind of addiction to heal any kind of addiction we have to first admit to it we have to find acceptance by taking ownership for our own emotional state we also have to find this emotion that we're addicted to what is it what is your default mood that's how you can find out what mood are you in most of the time are you in a happy mood (laughs) i am i still have my bad days but my default mood is happy i'm I'm a happy-go-lucky person i let things roll off my back i don't hold on to things but i know from what i've seen a lot of men are just angry they hold on to a lot of anger and I'm not saying a lot I'm not saying all men not at all but there's a majority of men out there who hold on to to anger and under that anger I think is is the fear and the sadness as well so it's all kind of tied in to the same I think but look for your default mood And then from there, you want to take a deeper look at the root of that trauma. Where did this all begin and find awareness in the cycles that started from there? Okay, where did this first start? Ask yourself, what bothers you? What is causing you pain? And how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? And I'll tell you this, and this is so true. The state that you fall asleep in will determine the mood you're going to wake up in. So if you're going to bed listening to, say, the news or garbage on TV that's negative, you're going to wake up feeling kind of crappy and not wanting to start the day. If you're listening to affirmations or prayer or meditation, you're feeling gratitude, you're going to wake up feeling happy and revived. So pay attention to what you're thinking about before you go to bed at night, because you'll notice, I want you to try this. Even if you're in a really crappy situation that that you're not happy in, and you just go to bed miserable every night, just change it. Change the thoughts before you go to bed. Say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to wake up feeling amazing. Tomorrow's going to be an incredible day. And I'm so grateful that I have air in my lungs, that I'm breathing, that I'm alive, and that I am, am you know, having a bed to, to lay in. And whatever you say, just to have a lot of gratitude. And you'll notice the next morning, you're going to wake up feeling more upbeat with a higher frequency. What you can also do is take this mood that you're in all the time. Maybe it's, maybe you're feeling resentment for someone or just not a good feeling and you're placing it onto a person or an event or a situation that took place. And what you can do is turn the volume down of that emotion. And I did this in the memory body experience. And if you haven't went over there to check that out, you really should because it does help. 
our body physiologically, you'll notice will change when we are thinking. You know, our mind is controlling the body. So when you turn the knob down to that emotion, say you're really angry and you pretend that you're turning that knob all the way down, even off, you'll notice it in your body that your body is starting to calm and get quieter. And doing this will help break energetic bonds to the past. See, we have to pull our power back to ourselves. Pull your power back to you. Take the energy away from this event, this person, whatever it was. When we don't, the emotional body is addicted to this feeling. So we'll use this person or this situation to reaffirm the addiction to that emotion. And when you pull your energy back to you, back to our electromagnetic energy field, this will expand tremendously. You're going to feel like you are in your power. You pulled everything back into you. This is when you will shine so bright and so big. This is when you see people having glow ups. Maybe you haven't seen them in a long time and you're like, wow, look at that person or whatever. That's what took place. They took charge of their life. They pulled their energy back and they focused on what they needed to focus on. So whatever you're choosing to focus on, we give power to. We have to let go of needing to be right all the time, right? And just become present. What happened, happened. Become present. Ask yourself, what kind of thoughts are you having about yourself? What kind of thoughts are you having about others or the world that keep coming up? in your mind. What does your protective side tell you most of the time? Determine the nature of the negativity. Truthfully, honest, authenticity. Are you choosing to live in pain or are you choosing to live in love? How we fill our time is how we fill our lives. So whatever you're doing in your life, you're doing it in all parts of your life. It's time that, you know, we show up for ourselves instead of shutting it all down and shoving it down and not taking responsibility and living in that state of crappiness, low vibration, taking responsibility for how we're feeling, why we're feeling this way, to attend triggers with love, understand projections and whatever you know we're practicing to make this better whatever you're doing to help break this addiction will become easier over time living in a low vibration whatever this is for you will not change unless you make that change and I know it might feel good that rush as messed up as that is feels good to stay in that comfort of pain is really stopping so many great manifestations to take place in your life. Because when we're living in that low vibration, our hearts are, are not open. And when our hearts aren't open, we can't manifest 
financial abundance. We can't manifest love. We can't manifest a, a soul family. Our hearts have to be open. And for our hearts to be open, we have to clear away from these addictive emotions to these addictive behaviors and to addicted substance abuse. This is when your life will change. But, you know, this is all your choice. It's your life and you have the right to live it any way that you want. But I'm here because I just wanted to share this with you because some people aren't even aware that they're staying stuck because they are addicted to these emotions that they've carried for most of their life. This depressed state, staying in that state of of victimhood. And there is no judgment. And I don't mean to come across on some of my messages here on my podcast as a little bit cutting or judgmental because I don't intend that at all. I'm here. I want to help you guys. But I think sometimes the truth hurts some people, you know, and, and that's what I speak on this podcast. I speak what the truth is and the truth hurts for those that aren't ready to hear the truth. So I hope that you find happiness if this is somebody out there who is living in this state. You know, I hope that you find it in your, in the strength inside of you to make this change, to become aware that maybe you are addicted to this depression, this anger, and we can change it. And I know that there's people out there as well that need very intense therapy for this. You know, you, you can go to a psychotherapist. I always suggest hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is amazing. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I always throw my, my services out there just because some people aren't aware of what I do and not everybody listens to every episode that I do. So I always offer coaching. I always offer hypnotherapy or Reiki. Okay, guys. Well, you can always send me a message over on my website, consciouswisdomhealing.com. And I would love to hear from some of you if you need, if you want. And... Yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days with uh, the short spiritual message. No idea what that's going to be yet. But um, yeah, so that is it. I'm going to be starting to have guests on soon. I know I said that a while ago, but the thing that's been holding me back is time. It's very, it's very time consuming. So um, with my own schedule and stuff, so it, it just makes it a little tough, but I am going to start bringing uh, some people on in the near future. Okay, guys, be well, feel my love and my light shining onto you guys and 
Just be happy. Life is too short to not be happy. Pull that energy back into yourself. Focus on yourself. Focus on your own life. Just do you. All right, boo-boos. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. I'll see you soon.